0: Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and as always I'm joined by Will, dressed like a lumberjack today. And how's it going today Will?
1: Yeah, it's been busy chopping down trees, you know, that manual labour that I'm so all
0: about. <laughs> you can imagine all those splinters in your fingers. It's all a facade I put out there. Yeah, good. Um, so today we are having a look, or continuing our SAT uh, quiz, post-grad. post-grad edition uh, on College Football Down Under. We're also continuing our road trip as we head further east. We visit the Big Ten and we visit all things Mac in the Group of Five conference. Now, Will, you are the Mac aficionado probably of the two of us. So Is that right? You will definitely be able to talk us through uh, some Akron football or some Ball State or Bowling Green and, and just what they've got on offer this year for some quality group of five football
1: the fact that you're able to reel off those teams i'm starting to think you might be the man for that job uh
0: let's not get i just host the show mate i just host the um, show know your place uh okay so any particular news anything that jumps out to you obviously football is just around the corner now we're about four weeks away uh, schools have gone into camp they've started that process they're into training Media days were have just been and gone and all the kind of think pieces are almost done. It's preview season. There's all conference teams coming out. There's watch list award teams coming out. Is there anything that comes off the top of your head as relevant, interesting, or is it... Just filling time until we can get some proper news out around camp.
1: Yeah, I think it's still just filling that time. It's a great opportunity for us to talk about each of the conferences and continue on with that, but I haven't seen any headlines that have really jumped out at me this week. What about you, big fella? Uh,
0: not especially. No, I mean, you You get all the pre-season teams and there's never any real surprises on there, I don't think. Uh, the media days are mostly so it can be entertaining depending on who gets sent like obviously trevor lawrence did go and then there was that clemson defensive lineman who put the blonde wig on and thought it was funny because he was pretending to be trevor lawrence and all that kind of stuff which is it's good it's interesting but what are they actually bringing to these days i don't really understand the media days as a historical event what is the purpose of them I don't really know. It's just an opportunity for the media to have a chat to coaches after spring ball and and before the season starts.
1: Well, and there's a lot of people out there like us who just want to eat this information up. I mean, we are chomping at the bit for the season to kick off. So access into how how the coaches are thinking, what's on the horizon, any questions that are coming out of that is kind of... It's highly sought-after information at this time of year. It is.
0: It's all very kind of straight laced uh, they're not giving too much away especially you know those those teams with potential quarterback battles and that's where the questions are centered around they never actually give any of those answers away and and they probably for one don't have them because camp hasn't even started yet but two even if they did have a front runner a clear front runner or someone they believe is going to go and be the starter at position X or you know whatever, they're not going to give that information up just yet anyway well and
1: that's what kind of puts a dampener on the whole thing is that it's cliche central it is yeah they just reel off what needs to be said in terms of the political correct line of this you know i'm back on my guys in and this and that and really optimistic but you're not getting any true insight at this
0: time of year for sure Uh, but of course uh, you know first trainings are underway there's a lot of media footage coming out now and teams are getting excited I know I was excited to see the Miami stuff come out because you know we are running a new offense this year there's a few new bits and pieces in play so I certainly am looking forward to that particular process and now we're only four weeks away from Miami taking on Florida in week zero so um it's getting to very much to the pointy end and it is desperation time as well because we have missed football for so long um don't get me wrong we'll get halfway through november and the grind will really be on but uh, at this stage uh, i'm just desperate for the season to start you cannot wait all right so college football sat's post graduate edition uh i'm particularly nervous usually i you know, postgraduate studies are far more difficult than your undergrad. Uh, when we went to uni, you just kind of did the bare minimum. Yeah. Probably drunk too much. Certainly, didn't go yep. to lectures. That's not flying in postgrad. So I'm a little bit nervous about the rigor, the academic rigor of these questions and the difficulty with which I am faced.
1: Yeah, see, I've kind of taken it is more of the how you performed at college level to what you're getting in for your postgrad studies.
0: Okay, because I went to Arizona
1: State. You did, so, so you've had a good time. <laughs> I have. You've had a good time. And the questions from Arizona State are fairly reasonable, I think. Okay. You're, uh, you're positioned <laughs> okay. well to, to do well, but we'll see. I don't want to put the mockers on you early here. Okay. But for those listening for the first time, this is essentially a chance for me to quiz Big Kempy over there. Uh, we've got 10 topics, uh, history, big numbers, winners are grinners, recruiting, top dogs, steeped in tradition, the hate is real, mascot madness, legends of the modern era, and football factory. That was a mouthful. It was. Uh, and across those, he, p- he needs to pick five, of which I've got a question for him. Uh, depending on how he goes at the end, I'm going to slot him into a postgraduate placing.
0: And I am nervous. I haven't sat a test for a long time. I dish tests out for a living. I'm okay with doing that, but I don't like sitting them myself. So here we go. Here we go. All right, let's kick things off, mate. Where, where would you like the
1: first question to come from? You know from?
0: what? You are so confident about these questions. I'm gonna allow a dealer's choice. Yeah? Yeah. You're gonna let me pick for you. I'm allowing you to pick the first one and I'll see how I go, whether I repeat that or not. Okay.
1: I'm going to throw this one. Uh, let's. This is a fun one for me, anyways. <laughs> the Legends of the Modern Era. Oklahoma State is the answer. It is not. But Legends of the Modern Era. Okay. Cast your mind back. Ooh. 2012 National Championship game. 2012 National Championship was game. Was played between Alabama and LSU. Yes. So those two teams went undefeated except for when they played each other. And LSU beat... Them. In that nine-six yeah, stinker gross game, yeah, and Oklahoma like four, State finished third. Don't four year? missed field goals or something, something like that, like yeah. That, but yeah. So from those two squads, Ooh, yeah. are you able to name three players in total from either team?
0: Uh, I would possibly hope so, but uh, I don't know. So twenty twelve. That. 2012, Alabama, LSU. Now, I reckon Trent Richardson was the running back at the time? Correct. Correct. There's okay. one. There is one. Now, who would have been the quarterback for either team? Like Danny Ettling? <laughs> I don't want to say that, but he did quarterback at LSU, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure he was at some point. I think it was a little bit later than yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Uh, right. Now I've got this name stuck in my head, but I don't know if it's correct because I can't actually think of the school he went to. But long-time Cleveland Brown cornerback Joe Hayden—no, he was a Florida Gator. Check that. Well done. Thank you. I've caught myself there.
1: Uh, LSU did have some some talent that yeah. That, uh, has, oh, actually, has and has it would have been up
0: front defensive line, defensive tackle. Who was there? Why have I got the name? I don't want to commit because I don't want to feel like an absolute mug. I should know this. Yeah. Glenn Dorsey?
1: uh, No, he's not there. I'll I'll give you a strike there. Three
0: strikes and you're out. Okay, okay. Uh, Trent Richardson. So I've got one. Who was the quarterback? I can even pick him. He was the one who... When the commentator was talking about how hot his girlfriend was and he got in heaps of trouble, I can't even think of his name at the moment under pressure. You are on the right track there. Yeah. Now, who was the quarterback? Mm, mm, Why have I got McAvoy? And it's not... It's... Oh, this is so bad. It's good. I like it. Um, I can even picture him. And I can picture her as well.
1: (laughs) I know that's what you're thinking.
0: Uh, but I don't think I'm going to get it. Uh, and especially with Mac. and we're talking about the big tent that I've got Trace McSorley stuck in my head.
1: If I can uh, point you in a direction, I might say the LSU defensive backs.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, there'll be a safety, not Eric Reed. Eric yes, Reed yes Eric Reed. So Eric that, Reed that's another one.
1: one. That's, uh, uh, that's
0: two there, mate. San Francisco 49 is safety. Or now has moved, I think. And anyway. Uh, oh, there's gotta be so many players on that team, on both of those teams that were really, really good. Now, oh I can actually picture who was the offensive lineman that won awards at centre guard and tackle for Alabama. Yeah, you're on you're on here. Oh you well, just, just can't get the name. Well, DJ Fluker maybe for Alabama. That is correct. Lineman? That's three. So you've done well there. So who was the the center that I was thinking? The like? center, I believe, is Barrett Jones. Barrett Jones, that's him. Yep. They also
1: had Chance Wormack, who yep. was drafted in the top ten, yeah, but never as really a guard, didn't yeah, really that well. Pan out. Yeah. Uh, a J. McCarron was AJ the quarterback. A J. McCarron. I knew he was a Mac. Yeah. Was like, <laughs> you're on the right path for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the quarterback for LSU was Jordan Jefferson. So that's yeah. A, that's a tougher one. Yeah. Uh, We actually had an Aussie in this starting lineup. Wing. Uh, Was he
0: the punter that year, actually?
1: That's a good one. I I don't have the punter. Was he there that year? I think so. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking, actually, Jesse Williams.
0: Oh, of course. Defensive end for Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Who played some fullback at times. Yeah. Yeah, he was a... Big unit. Dude, big dude, yeah. Uh, they had
1: Danta Hightower, oh, yeah. Courtney Upshaw, Dre yeah. Kirkpatrick, Mark Barron. Oh, there was a lot. All the of, of these guys gone. you probably got. Uh, LSU had Reuben Randall, Russell Shepard. Oh, that
0: was that. OJ OBJ would have been a... Odell real, Beckham Jr. Yeah, we probably could have grabbed a freshman. Yeah,
1: uh, and then on the D line they had Michael Brockers, who's uh, Sorry, been a force. Old, I yeah, they had Kevin Minter at uh, inside linebacker, yeah. and then Mo Claiborne, oh, Tyrone, Tyrone <laughs> <and> Matthew. <laughs> oh man, uh, I, yeah. That's so there's not a good. few there.
0: It's not good. I should have gone better than a. Uh, right guard for alabama but, but we, we this
1: is there. this is asu so we kind of got you through we massaged
0: you through exactly. and, and that is correct i needed every single little skerrick of help I could. you get were there.
1: sounding a little bit hungover through that one i so. know
0: sorry sorry but that's asu life it is it is
1: so there you go one in the bank that's good good you're going you're going
0: somewhere <laughs> which is exciting <laughs> hit me I'm not so I'm not working at jack-in-the-box
1: no correct your post-grad study you're just racking up more debt I think not necessarily (laughs) getting a job but more debt okay more fun uh where where do you want to go next
0: uh so that was legends of the modern era which there are a lot of legends in there I will go uh big 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 numbers big numbers
1: okay big numbers so this one pretty straightforward who was the leading rusher in all of college football last year Jonathan Taylor. That is correct. Surely. Well done. Who so, won
0: the Doke Wallace Award? Yeah. Uh, Doke Walker. Doke Walker, sorry.
1: He uh, he had 2,194 yards Yep, uh, at 7.1 yards per carry.
0: Yes. So he had huge volume. He but did. But at 7.1 is ridiculous. He is good. He's, and he's, he's getting a lot of... The only issue with him that I would have some concerns about moving forward, not as a college player but he's going to have a lot of wear Absolutely. on his body. Absolutely. That's a lot, <laughs> a lot of tackles. <laughs> a lot it of times
1: you're getting hit, and each time yeah. it's, it's like a car crash. So yeah. that's huge, and it's exciting because he's back. That, that was kind of what I wanted to highlight yep. with, with this question, is he's back this year, so he'll be a fun one to watch at Wisconsin. Uh, interesting stat, the, the leading rushes for a single season, Barry Sanders, 2,850. And so, and- so if you think of the insane numbers Jonathan Taylor put
0: up, that's still... Well 700 short. 700 yards short. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. Six, seven yards short. Uh, someone was talking about giving that a shake a couple of years ago. Yeah, I that think a, it was, was, like, was Pomfrey, that Pomfrey, Oh, Ponfrey, Donald Ponfrey. Yeah, but then just went off a cliff and fell well yeah, short anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that one seems like it will be completely untouchable.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I never say never with the way college football is changing into an offensive game or football in general, should I say. All right, let's keep this moving. So that's two from two, my man. That's um, jumped you out of FAU. So FAU was your safety school.
0: (laughs) Safety school.
1: And there's no requirement for you to go there and keep the party going. You're you're moving up in the world.
0: Well, that's good. Uh, Okay. Um, I will go back to dealer's choice. Okay. You're going to... Let
1: me get you another one.
0: Yep. Okay. Go your hardest. Actually, don't go your hardest. Just mediocre is fine. I'm going
1: to go top dogs. Okay. Can you please, for me, name three group of five head coaches?
0: Group of five head
1: coaches. I should be able to do this. I would have thought. Non-Power 5 coaches. Need three
0: of them. Go. (laughs) Okay. So, Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah, App State. Yep, like it. B one. (sighs) Where do I? It's funny. Like you've got all these teams. You're like, where do I go to? Um, And who am I thinking of? Let's go with um, Butch Davis. Is Uh, the head coach at FIU? Okay, former Miami head coach okay I'll take your word for it you're just gonna quickly Google some stuff now <laughs> I'm gonna
1: validate that you're correct I don't have the list of all of them but that sounds about right yeah that is correct there's two uh, rounded no. out for me now come yep. on there's like 70 to
0: choose from yeah here. I know I know I know uh, so wait did I need three or you four? needed three, oh, three. Uh, okay I can't even think of a school at the moment um, come on
1: buddy I'll put a timer on this
0: yeah and that's well and truly fair gee I'm so bad at this right now especially it's because tough. I know I know them moving f- into like I'm like Justin Fuente he was at Memphis or you know yeah
1: yeah you know once they've moved out of Scott that Frost, Frost. But he
0: was at UCF uh, you know
1: who's at UCF now
0: I should know that okay but I don't Now, Randy Shannon was there. He's a defensive coordinator, I reckon, there, but it is not him. This is ugly, and I feel embarrassed at this point. That's what I'm after. (laughs) (laughs) Just sheer embarrassment. You know what? I'm going to go with Ken Niamatololo. Okay. And I think he is at army or navy he's at one of the service academies uh
1: how do i spell that
0: (laughs) i don't actually know
1: okay uh, if i get close enough yeah uh he is currently Uh the head coach of the navy midshipmen who are an independent (laughs) not a group of five that is incorrect (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you've been done on a technicality there that hurts <laughs> i can't give you that one unfortunately you, you literally had 60 to choose from <laughs> oh, no, and yeah. you've gone wrong here so like off the top what, of my what, head what are the
0: obvious ones here that we should get i was
1: thinking houston it's a fairly high profile head coach They've who's moved over from west of-
0: virginia oh uh, of course that's not a good one
1: yeah i should have got Dana Holgersen. Correct. Um, I was thinking UCF you might get, it's uh, Heupel. 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 Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so that was is. fairly
1: well publicized, move down there. I mean, FAU, Oh, he's we, as high profile
0: uh, as they get. Yeah, Lane
1: Kiffin. There's another one. So there's there's quite a few out there that you- <laughs> That's not a good one. You probably but... could have picked up. So that's disappointing. Uh, um, thank you for that. <laughs> no. Sh- that, that's what I, th- I thought I was kind of helping, but you will not be going to the University of California at Berkeley oh, for that, your postgrad.
0: That would have been a good one. It would
1: have been, and, and you, were, you were racing through, you were on good track, but um, that's, g- that's now off the table, so let's
0: keep this rolling. Where okay, do you want to go next? let's go. Steeped in tradition.
1: Steeped in tradition. All right. We're going quick fire here. Okay. I have a few traditions, and you just need to tell me the school that they're from. Okay. Piece of cake.
0: Oh, yeah. Ready Nervous actually Because you're talking about How easy this should be but Okay yes. uh, Ralphie's run. That is Colorado Great start <laughs> I, was, I but, always get Colorado Colorado stay. Yeah, ones no you're, ones you're right I, I didn't like the hesitation In your voice But Colorado. thank yourself You're in And it's uh, nice seeing those Like animal handlers Getting dragged along oh, when really man That thing away.
1: brings a load <laughs> They are terrifying creatures
0: Yeah uh, Howard's Rock that is Clemson. Correct. Calling the Hogs? That would be
1: Arkansas. Pig Suey. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Chief Osceola. Yeah, good. Florida
0: State. Like that's that. not how you say it, but. Whatever. <laughs> that's racist. <laughs> we, we've seen <laughs> him. We have. That's a very good look, actually. Like, really good. It was cool. I enjoyed that, yeah. Uh, Wrangling uh, Wreck. Rambling Wreck? Yep. From Georgia Tech. Yep, that's probably right. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. Good <laughs> yeah. notes here. Uh, the Grove. The Grove was where we had some good times, and that would be in Oxford, Mississippi. Okay. And last one, running through the T. Running through the T is
1: Tennessee. Correct. Well done. (sighs) So I thought that one might trip you up there, because that's not so well known. But you've nailed those there. Yes. So we've uh, got to enjoy a couple of those ones there.
0: We have. We have.
1: Uh, There's a few more we need to knock off our list. For sure. So we'll see how we go. So that's three from four. Good one. Uh, That rules out UCF for you.
0: So I'm not going to UCF. You're not
1: going to UCF. You would have continued to have fun there, I think. (laughs) But now you're getting a little bit academic.
0: So look out. Look out. out. Look out. Making my way up in the world. Okay. One more question. One more question. Is there a question that you're desperate to ask me? that you? No, 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 no. I'm good with any of these here now. Okay. Let's go... Winners
1: are grinners. Okay. This is fairly straightforward. There have been five national championship games since we've converted to the new non-bcs whatever they call it now national college champ- football playoff college football playoff era can you name me in correct order the winner of the
0: last five national championships probably not and i really should be able to. so let's count it back from well, last year back. And, and so we go clemson yep last year that's correct alabama correct then we go back to 20, so that was 18, 17, 16. Is that right? Uh, yeah, sure. 18, 17, 16, or season 2016. Uh, now that would have been, so it was Tua versus Georgia. And this is where I get confused.
1: It is tough here because there's a lot of the same teams yeah, going up against it's each it's other. it's
0: Clemson, Alabama. I can't remember that wasn't the final, though. Well, the fir- actually, let's go back to the first year. So, the first year was when Florida State played Oregon, I reckon, in the semi-final. Okay. And Jameis Winston fumbled that. Oh, actually, no, did they win one? No, they didn't. They won the last BCS, didn't they, against Auburn? Was that the last Florida State game? And then Florida State went back to the championship and Jameis Winston had an absolute nightmare. Oregon went and played Alabama and got absolutely smashed in the final. So I'm going to say the first one was Alabama.
1: Ooh, you've, you've, you've I've dropped the ball. Yeah, you've I? dropped, dropped the, the ball a little bit there. Yeah. So the first one was Ohio State. Uh, was too. With Cardale Jones. Correct. Getting over Oregon. 12 gauge. Yeah, well done. So, yeah. you've nailed that. so they beat Oregon. Uh, 42 to 20 in the first one then we've had the Clemson Alabama matchup so Bama won the first First, yeah Clemson won the next yeah then Clemson lost to was it Bama in the semis in the third year so then Bama uh, played Georgia and beat them yeah and And then then last year obviously Clemson so Ohio State Bama Clemson Bama Clemson Mm -hmm.
0: Ugh, that's not great. So, you've missed that one? That's, that's not that, great. that
1: wasn't the uh, easiest of questions. There's a lot of games in between now and then. Yeah. So, you've done well. Uh, you've ended up heading out uh, west. Okay. I'm northwest. Okay northwest. Uh, Washington. I'm okay with Washington. Yeah. Huskies. Yeah. Absolutely. Respectable uh, academic program out there. Yep. I'm sure you can enjoy whatever it is in your field of stu- study that you... Don't know what I'm studying, but... <laughs> so choose, but that's good. Uh, your other option, if you had a go, that would have been Duke.
0: Okay. So that, that, would yeah, that would have been a good one. Yeah, correct.
1: That would have been good. go with some Duke basketball. That's okay.
0: You're a Husky and... Uh, Husky for life. I think that was good. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Uh, some real embarrassing moments for there, and I feel a little bit... I'm more informed now, but I feel like an idiot. So <laughs> thank you for that, Will. Hopefully I can return the favour next week when we look at Will's postgraduate studies. Awesome. Uh, I can't remember where you started, actually. Uh, Michigan. Michigan. You're Michigan. In Michigan. So that's yeah, already Wolverine. a pretty good academic yeah, school. Absolutely. So. I'm I'm going
1: downhill, I think. I think I probably struggle to study there and <laughs> hope I can find somewhere that will take
0: me. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, Speaking of academic schools and speaking of Michigan, we are jumping into the Big Ten. So the Big Ten is certainly old, uh, the oldest conference of all the conferences, uh, or certainly football conferences. The academic schools and really big traditions started in 1896. Ohio State was actually later to join. They joined in 1912, uh, and then Michigan State and Penn State joined far later than that. But for many years, there were only 10 schools, hence the name, the Big Ten. Uh, And they are the big kind of public schools in that area, uh, in the Midwest. Uh, They have picked up some teams lately. Of course, Rutgers are over in New Jersey, uh, but they are the biggest schools, the biggest public schools, and often centered around college towns, which makes them really quite, not unique, but uh, that plays into the tradition and it plays into the fanfare and it plays into the absolute passion that these regions have for their, their football they are crazy about it uh, and they do have some of these absolutely historical and internationally renowned traditions uh, whether it's the size of the stadiums or whether it's the you know various things that that people do in these areas they are well known and they're certainly an area that we missed i know we probably chose to miss it because we wanted to hit the south, but it's it's a place where I, we would love to go to, I think. I think that would be the next Absolutely. big spot. The only danger, of course, up there is the weather. Mm. Winters can be harsh, can be particularly frosty, and that would be the only thing. If I was picking a school to attend the big 10 may turn me off from that perspective if i was playing which i'm obviously not going to be because i'm not athletic enough but and old and i'm old but if you know that was in the region I, I don't know i suiting up and wearing like balaclavas and gloves and stuff to play doesn't really excite me that much i don't know
1: yeah, I mean, we're, we're Aussie guys. We, we like the heat. We, we <laughs> yeah.
0: don't want that
1: snow business whilst playing sports. Like, yeah. if you go in there for snow activities, all for it. But yeah. just, like, training in the cold, oh. um, I don't want any part of that. No, not at all. Send me to Florida, Calif- <laughs> California. Texas, anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you were spot on in your uh, recap of the fact that they have really big college towns. I, I love that about college life in general in America. But the Big Ten has Columbus, Ann Arbor, Madison. These are all huge, like really big towns that are focused around their football team. Like That is kind of right at the forefront of everything that happens there. And you've got these huge 100,000 person towns that essentially support the college uh, and everything is closed or focused on football when it's game day.
0: Yeah, and I think I read somewhere that like uh, Michigan Stadium or the Big House is like this one of the biggest cities in America on game day. Yeah. Oh, so not in America, in the, in state, the state of Michigan yeah. on game day and things like that. Like it's just nuts how much pull they get and how many people they get uh, to these games. Yeah,
1: well I know at Stillwater, the when college was in, they had the population of Stillwater was something like forty thousand people. The stadium seats 60,000. So, you know, you're getting everyone from town plus another 20,000 when you're selling out a
0: stadium. It's just incredible. It's nuts. All right. So the uh, conference is divided into East and West. It used to be the old legends and leaders, which was a bit of a debacle on the back of conference realignment back in 2009 or 11 or whenever that was all going down. Got to be an odd one by the sounds of things. Well, yeah. Or 13. (laughs) All right. Knucklehead. Uh, but it tends to be that the power is held over in the East at the moment, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, all in the East, and a couple of the traditional powers over in the West, or certainly one in Nebraska, has not been up and about uh, recently, although they are certainly on the come up. Uh, but it should be an interesting year in the Big Ten this year. I think that there's a bit of flux, a bit of transition, certainly a lot of the Uh, quarterbacks uh, have moved on offensively things are going to look a little bit different and there's a bit of a new wave of not only coaches but you know that that quarterback that offensive stuff coming through in the Big Ten which is often dominated by heavy run games that these teams are starting to spread things out a little bit more and uh, it'll be an interesting year to see because I think I think a few teams will regress and again, a bit like the Big 12, I think there's going to be a big middle class here without having uh, the kind of three, four, five teams in the upper echelon that the Big 10 have had in the past couple of years.
1: Yeah, you're certainly right. I mean, last year they certainly had that. There was some really strong hopes for Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, even Michigan State last year. There was big expectation for all of them. Well, now we've got a bit of uncertainty. Ohio State has a new head coach, new quarterback. A little bit of an unknown there so whilst they've probably still got the most talent they're not as locked in as they have been previously under Urban Meyer uh, Michigan are probably best positioned to, to move forward with what they have in terms of returning a quarterback uh, a lot more structure in head coach and what they've had there so They are well-positioned, but we haven't seen it. It it hasn't happened yet, so you can't just assume that's going to happen now. The proof is in the pudding, and and that's not there yet. Penn State have a lot of moving parts, so you expect them to regress a little bit. So you're right, there's kind of the, the second level of that East is more in play, I think, than previously, and the West is kind of similar to what it has been. There's some good teams. Nebraska, I expect to take a step forward. Wisconsin are still going to be a very good team, but no one really shines
0: and probably matches the east. For sure. All right, let's jump straight in then. Where where do you want to start? Who do you see as being probably if we start in the east who are the who are the top teams? If we go straight to the top, uh, it, who's going to do the damage? It, it's next?
1: it's a, Ohio State and Michigan. I mean, those are the two sides that are probably not only the east, but the Big 10 in general. I think the winner's going to come out of those two Mm -hmm. so Michigan uh, a very good team as I was saying before they are well set for a solid run this year Uh, a lot of pressure has been on John Harbaugh and his inability to kind of win the the big game against Ohio State but uh, did I say John Jim Jim it's definitely Jim it is Jim those two I just get mixed up (laughs) But they have that game in Ann Arbor this year, uh, the showdown between the two, so that's a a massive, massive benefit for them because it's a 100,000-seat stadium either way, so that's a real home ground advantage that you've got there. They've got Shea Patterson returning, whilst he probably hasn't delivered on his talent. Another year in the system is going to be massive for him, so he's certainly there. Their O-line I expect to be a lot better,
0: They are absolutely stacked on the O-line. They've got, like, John Runyon, Cesar Ruiz, and uh, Michael Onwenu, who are pretty much, like, three... There's some All-American caliber. There's some uh, All-Conference caliber there. They should absolutely dominate in the run game. Correct.
1: And and some of the rankings have have had them as the number one O-line unit in the nation. Like, everyone. So, that is huge yeah. anyone who knows football knows you if you can control the line of scrimmage you've set yourself up for a lot of success
0: yeah for sure
1: uh they do have a few high profile players leaving the program on the defensive side especially so yeah. Devin Bush uh left what was he picked 10 in the draft Rashawn Gary was like picked 12 or 14 I don't or something. think he's a
0: massive loss <laughs> he them.
1: was an athletic freak he was but he, he didn't, didn't he didn't get the numbers, but no. I think he he still needed to be schemed against. Yeah, he okay. probably got dialed in against a lot last year, so they don't have to worry about that. Even Chase, Chase Winovich, Winovich. Yeah. was more productive for them. Uh, he's another one that's not going to be around, so there's there are shoes to fill on that defensive side. So who knows w- whether that can happen or not? But I really I'm bullish on their chances this year. I, I like Michigan as as the cream in the East. Although Ohio State, how how they've been able to recruit under Urban Meyer and the factory that they are to the pros, they're going to have talent. They they got, obviously, Justin Fields in from Georgia, who was the top quarterback recruit of his class. Got to play a little bit his first year at Georgia, so he did see the field, he did see some meaningful action. He is going to be exciting. Whether he can come in and, and be a superstar from day dot is probably the biggest question, but he's going to certainly get the opportunity to really run with that role, and I'm excited to see what he can uh, perform there.
0: Yeah, interesting. I don't disagree. I think you were talking about you know, Michigan coming back last year and the fact that uh, you know you thought they were going to take that next step with Shea Patterson, and that didn't really happen offensively. They were a bit clunky. Um, we haven't even spoken about the receivers, but if we kind of make a bit of a comparison between Michigan and Ohio State, on the Michigan side, you've got Donovan Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins coming back, who maybe the two, like, the best duo in terms of wide receivers in the country, maybe. Yeah. Certainly goes up against that Alabama combo. Um and then on the Ohio State side, they've lost a whole bunch of pass catchers. They lose Paris Campbell. Um, KJ Hill's kind of really the only guy who comes back. But that was from a, uh, an offense that passed the ball really, really well under Haskins. And I don't know if that's going to happen with Justin Fields. We just don't know. Day comes in as the offensive coordinator, and they, and they really, really rate Ryan Day really highly. But again, like you said, we haven't seen it from either of these two teams. We haven't seen Michigan actually go and beat Ohio State. 14 in the last 15 have gone to the way of the Buckeyes. And likewise, we haven't seen what Ryan Day can actually do. We haven't seen what Justin Fields can actually do on the offensive side for Ohio State either. So I tend to agree. I think that Michigan, if there was ever a year with a bit of uncertainty around you know, the, the conference as a whole, and the fact that Ohio State have had some change and the Urban Meyer probably goes down as one of the best four or five coaches of all time, uh, that if there was every year for Michigan, it is this one And, and they do reload I know you talked to you know Chase Winovich and Devin Bush and all those guys, but they get a lot back as well. So I'm really looking forward to to Michigan football this year. I think the Wolverines have got a lot to be excited about and their offensive line is going to be fantastic. So that is going to be one of the big games of the year, as it always is. But I am certainly picking Michigan to come over the top of Ohio State. If he's not, Jim Harbaugh is in a bit of trouble, I think.
1: Yeah, this is, this is his opportunity to do it. So I'm with you. I think Michigan uh this is their year but i look forward to watching both of those teams play because there's a lot of interesting players a lot of studs on both sides of the ball that uh, they're really going to they're really going to turn out some pros again as they previously have uh, next for me in the east i still have penn state so I, I think they're gonna take a step back, but they've recruited well under James Franklin. They have a lot of talent. The reason I see them taking a step back is Trace McSorley uh, going on to the NFL. So I think he landed with Baltimore. Uh, he was a he was a hell of a college football player. He he had that. Uh, dual threat ability that you just love to see in college football quarterbacks and he was able to stand up at those big moments he had that moxie that I like so much in a, a college football you player do, you
0: do it's always the running quarterbacks why is it always these I don't know what it is
1: but I think it's playing NCAA if, if I've got the guy that can do that that's what I'll, I take on that persona when I'm playing it and I'm just <laughs> uh, yeah. booting around so that must be it for me but I still like Penn State as third uh, and closely followed by Michigan State
0: so I think Penn State is in a bit of danger this year. Like you said, they lose Trace McSorley. But it's not only that. It's that Tommy Stevens was the guy to replace him. And not only are you replacing Trace McSorley, but you're replacing the leading yardage getter for in Penn State history. Like He is, he holds a lot of those records. And he was probably a little bit... He was criticized, Trace McSorley, in the fact that whilst he was good, they never really won anything of any grandiose nature uh, under him. Uh, yeah, they would win big games, but he couldn't actually lead them to that national championship that they thought Penn State were capable of uh, at that time. Uh, Tommy Stevens, like I said, leaves, which leaves uh, Sean Clifford to take over the starting QB job. Uh, and he's a sophomore, I think, but I think they do take a step back. Not only that, you lose Miles Sanders, you lose Juwan Johnson, they your top two skill position guys. Uh, you lose the right side of your offensive line to the NFL draft. There's a lot that I would be concerned about on the Penn State side offensively. Defensively, Micah Parsons will step into being one of the most um, nationally recognized linebackers. Yutir Gross Matos will go in and he'll be an All-American contention. So I think the defense stays really, really strong. But I think offensively, Penn State are going to take a massive step back. They're still going to win probably eight, maybe nine, but it's it's a step back for them. Michigan State uh wow they were gross last year. They have to be better this year. That I mean that offense sucks. Brian the worky, I know he had a shoulder injury or whatever. Uh and then had who's the other guy? Rocky Lombardi came in and he was an adventure every time he came in at quarterback. But gee, they That offense was horrific. Yeah, I mean,
1: they still went bowling last year. They're they're still a decent team. As bad as you're saying they were last year, it wasn't a complete train wreck. They were still a solid football team. It was just offensively. And I expect the same from the defense. They're going to be one of the best in the Big Ten. So as long as you've got that, you're going to be in contention for a lot of games. And Mark D'Antonio is a hell of a football coach, so hopefully he can we can see brian lewerke stay healthy and we'll see a bit more from the offensive side because you you don't like to see that disparity between your o and your d with one being so dominant and the other being very disappointing uh but you know the it's a tough conference the teams that are above them in the east are probably more balanced. So until we can see something on that side of the ball, they probably slide in as that fourth fourth team.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm unsure on the Dantonio being a good coach. I think he's a good coach of defense. I don't. Okay. I'm yet to see him really push Michigan State over the top, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me. I know they signed him to a massive contract recently, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if you know he doesn't. If he's not around in a couple of years' time. Okay.
1: I mean, he has an incredible record at kind of what you would call a a second string, like not a blue chip school. Yeah, yeah. He's done really well there. absolutely. So,
0: interesting call. Yeah, okay. Uh, Then we're down into the dregs a little bit. Uh, We've got Maryland, Indiana, and... uh, Who... uh, I don't know if they're going to be any good this year. I mean, Maryland get Josh Jackson coming across from Virginia Tech. I actually think they'll be better this year. They've got Anthony McFarlane. They came within an, like a bad play call of beating Ohio State uh, in overtime. They went you know, that stupid QB rollout again and then threw the ball wide. Um, but they're going to have to run the ball. They bring a new defensive coordinator on board and Mike Loxley has done a good job of getting the Terps heading in the right direction and they would expect to go bowling this year. So they'll probably get someone again. They'll they'll probably have an upset somewhere like they did against Texas or maybe get hold of a high state. But they were just too inconsistent pushing the ball downfield and and hopefully Josh Jackson can help them do that with his big arm. Uh, so I, I'm seeing kind of sick ish wins for Maryland but they're going to have to jag one somewhere
1: yeah I'm with you there I, th- I have Maryland Indiana battling it out probably as that fifth and then Rutgers kind of sliding in between there it's, it's just they're, they're still not bad football teams it's just everyone else in the east is, is quite good so they will surprise some teams they're going to be in games late but I think they're probably just lacking the talent of the other squads ahead of them
0: yeah I mean I think Rus- Rutgers are terrible and I think bring, the Big Ten being, bringing them on board was a, was a bad decision. And if, you could, if they could have their time again, they would get rid of them, I would think. And if you, like, obviously, if you take Rutgers out, is there anyone in that area, in that region that you think could step in um, and fill that void if Rutgers were to be removed? Because there is that talk, there is that noise coming from, certainly from fans, whether it's got any weight or gravity from a conference standpoint is another story. But can Rutgers be replaced or should they be replaced?
1: I'm not sure they should be replaced. It's, it's tough. There's no one that really stands out. So you you look at teams like in the region, maybe Cincinnati, uh, a temple in in Philly. but as we kind of said in the leadoff, this conference is more around conference, uh, big cities or towns around a college football team both of those guys are within a a large city themselves so it might be appealing to them to have that big media market to pull in some more numbers and and interest from those areas but neither of them really jump out as as demanding you know that next spot in the big 10 if it were to become available
0: okay quick fire yes or no do maryland get to a bowl game this year no to indiana get to a bowl game this year no oh ouch Okay, interesting. And we'll assume Rutgers won't. Yes. It's a safe assumption. Okay, as we jump across to the west, uh, so in the west you've got kind of traditional powerhouses, Nebraska, Wisconsin. You've got super academic Northwestern. Uh, You've got Purdue who are making noise, Illinois who should be better, uh, Iowa who are perennially stout and strong with good defense, good run game generally under... uh, Kirk Ferentz and then you've got Minnesota the Golden Gophers who got off to a good start last, last year and then uh, finished really really strong by winning Paul Bunyan's axe to finish the season as well so they had a good finish and appear on the up as well so it looks like an even spread along the west but who is the Top of that particular division will.
1: Well, I think for me, I've got three teams. Three. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got three up there, so I really the like oil makers. You're a, you're big on Purdue this year, isn't yeah. it? Is not them. <laughs> I like Iowa on on paper, oh. so I think again they're, they're big and strong up front every year. <laughs> yes. A lot of big white guys who like to throw dress like you cattle around the place. <laughs> yeah. So you know they're going to be strong there. Nate Stanley's back. I like the experience. Also, (laughs) he is. But I think he's probably going to be in contention for all Big Ten honors at the quarterback position. So they they look strong there. What I don't like for them is that they play away uh, against Michigan, Northwestern, and Wisconsin, uh, as well as Nebraska, and they also play Penn State and crossover. So they've got a tough gig. And similar to that, Wisconsin do as well. So they're the other team with a lot of talent. Uh, but they've got Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State in crossover, which is not what you want. No. Uh, and they've got road trips to Nebraska and Minnesota, which which won't be easy. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's the, the stud there. But they have had to rebuild the offensive line. I'm, I'm sure that they'll be able to do that. They've also got question marks at quarterback. We don't know who's going to be the man in, in Wisconsin. So... Those two teams, I think, have talent, but uh, the schedule is going to make them h- it harder for them. Where Nebraska, while starting slowly last year, have a favorable path. I mean, they get Hawkeyes, Badgers, and Ohio State at home, yep. which is good. And they don't have to play Michigan or Michigan State, so they avoid that. That's you know a great spot to be in, and I'm really high on Adrian Martinez. I think he is in for a, a really big year and is going to show uh, improvement this year and will have them around the mark. Where, Where they need to step up is on the defense. So they gave up over 30 points a game last year. They were terrible, particularly early. Correct. And that was a big reason why they started as poorly as they did. I expect second year in the system them to have some improvement in that area so for mine i have nebraska as the team maybe not the most talented team or the best team in the west but due to the way that the scheduling plays out i have nebraska as the team to make it out in the west
0: okay interesting and i think it's funny how we've got a bit of a discrepancy you're always big on the talent side of things i think i weight coaching heavier Mm -hmm. uh and So I I do think Scott Frost is good. I think that Adrian Martinez, obviously you need to have some talent and some good, not not just talent, you need to actually be good at the quarterback position and Adrian Martinez is certainly that and he is shaping up to have a Heisman type year this year. Uh, And like you said, their draw is extremely, extremely favorable. So there's no reason why Nebraska can't push to certainly win the Big Ten and there's even some noise that they will be in the conversation late for the playoff. I don't think they're there yet. I think they're a long way away from that. Uh, Their offensive line needs a little bit of work and they need to stop relying on Adrian Martinez to be the runner of the football and get something out of their running backs uh, because he can't run the ball for another 150, 200 times in a season again. He will just get creamed and that is a ticket to an injury for him. So, uh, yeah, I think Nebraska come out on top. Wisconsin... An interesting one, Alex Hornibrook, you talked about the quarterback position at Wisconsin and the fact that that's a little bit messy. Alex Hornibrook, for some reason, who who would be the incumbent, transferred to Florida State, which I just don't understand that move. Yeah, they don't have a quarterback potentially, but under the Willie Taggart offense there, you need to be able to move around. You need to be able to go fast. Uh, and now Kendall Bryles is there as well. Alex Hornibrook is not the guy for that system, so I don't really understand why he went to Florida State. Maybe he's like us and doesn't like the cold. I mean, that's probably fair, I guess, and that's a cool town as well. Like, yeah. That's okay. Uh, I don't love FSU, obviously, but I was okay. I had a good time in Tallahassee. Um, but then Jack Cohn sort of is the guy to step in and, and take over, and that's at least until Graham Mertz sort of settles into college football because he is going to be a really, really good one for Wisconsin. He had all the offers uh, from every single big college blue blood, but ended up at Wisconsin. Uh, The defensive side, though, that does give me a little bit of pause would be the loss of TJ Edwards, who was fantastic, Dakota Dixon at safety, who was another really good one. Those guys move on. So I think in the front seven, it's going to take a little bit of a while to gel for Wisconsin. I think that's where they're going to give up the big play a little bit. And... Teams could get a hold of them early. As they settle in throughout the year, I think they will be okay, providing they avoid that BYU disaster that happened last year that kind of got at them a bit. That game shouldn't happen. Wisconsin will be around the mark at the end.
1: See, I always think they're at risk of that, though. With the way that they play football, like a run-heavy game, if some team can spring a few plays on them early and get out 21 you're in trouble to try and make that up sticking to your ground game sticking to what you do well it it concerns me that they're going to have another one of those I, i can see it in their future just purely based around how they're structured and set up and how the other teams are transitioning. I mean, there's not so much smash-mouth football anymore. There are a lot more spread-out teams who are looking to run up the score, especially in the Big Ten. We're starting to see a bit more of that. So,
0: Yeah, I I guess you're... I mean, you know that your team's going to run through Jonathan Taylor. That's where you're getting all your yards. That's where you're scoring a lot of points. That's what's going to generate. And then you're going to run a lot of play action off that. And like you said, that's why those run-heavy teams they're not designed to score quickly. And if you're getting scored on quickly, if your defense is not great and you're relying on a run game to get you going, you know, that makes life really, really tough. And I think they'll be okay. It just depends on what they get out of that quarterback position. I think Wisconsin probably dropped one early uh, and Nebraska probably get them because that game is in Lincoln. Uh, and then Nebraska probably have their way through to the Big Ten Championship game. Yeah, okay.
1: I, uh, I have the West in two tiers, really. I have those top three. And then the next four, I really have grouped together. I, I can't split these guys so much. And, and you may differ on that. But Northwestern, who are the defending West champs, I, I have down here. Yep. Uh, Minnesota, PJ Flex, good coach. They will be competitive in every matchup that they're in. Purdue as well, similar. They got Rundale Moore, who's Look one of them. Look
0: at you getting the, on the Purdue bandwagon.
1: Well, I, I think that they're solid. I mean, they're they're not a great team. They're not in the same league as those others that we mentioned. But they're going to be a competitive unit. They're probably going to provide another surprise like they did. Maybe not on the same magnitude as last year, in the best winning you know team history. Mm. But they're going to be a tough out. And Illinois, I expect them to be big improvers. And big improvers is, you know, not meaning that they're going to be at the top of the conference, but I still think we're gonna see a bit under Lovey Smith's team, and that's what brings them into that top that tier there. I, I wouldn't break them out similar where I had kind of Rutgers on the east as as the bottom. I have all four of those teams as competitive units all kind of beating up on each other.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree, except I probably dangerous for me, but throw Iowa into that as well. Okay. Iowa probably a little bit better. but... Uh, but I think a lot of those teams could win or lose any game on their particularly on any particular day. I think Northwestern's an interesting one. Like you said, they won uh, the division last year. But Clayton Thorson is gone, and they get in Clemson transfer Hunter Johnson for his... Now, again, like Justin Fields, do we know he's actually any good? Not really, but he should be a better passer of the football. He's a former five-star recruit, uh, and... You know he didn't get the opportunity that he wanted to at Clemson, so he moves uh, to Northwestern. But he's a super talented passer. Isaiah Bowser comes back. John Moten comes back at running back. J.J. Jefferson and Kyron McGowan, uh, a solid skill position group. And then all of a sudden, like if you squint, you're like, well, that's actually a pretty reasonable offense. Like an offense that stalled out a little bit at times. They couldn't score inside, uh, inside the red zone, effectively enough. And then on top of that, they return a whole bunch of guys on the defensive side of the ball as well. So it's it's can they manage that tough middle section of the schedule? And if they can, they could actually go, okay. I think the biggest issue for them is the rest of the Big Ten uh, West is going to be better. And they relied on a whole bunch of takeaways this year, which you just or last year, that you just can't rely on from year to year. I know Oklahoma State had a year a couple of years ago where they were just taking the ball away all the time. Miami did it. It's just not one of those things that you can actually coach or teach. There's so much luck involved in a takeaway. Yeah,
1: you certainly can coach elements of it yeah. in terms of stripping the ball and working towards that. But there is, there are some statistics out there. I was reading an article on this that talk about your passes deflected to interception radio, uh, ratio. So this is where the ball just gets knocked up and whether it falls in your hands or you know just outside of reach or where your fumble recovery rate where the ball's on the deck and, you know, it should regress to almost a 50% mean over time, some years a team will have, you know, 80% recovery rate. That's not sustainable. It, yeah. It's just the bounce of the ball. So yeah. it's certainly an interesting one. And you expect teams that rely heavily on that one year are p- potentially not going to see that the following.
0: Exactly. So I don't see Northwestern going and winning the division this year. Uh, I think that Purdue is certainly in that in that. Bracket of winning or losing Potentially most games Like you said Rondale Moore Elijah Sindelar Bryson Hopkins And Jeff Brom as the coach Should be enough to keep them interesting And when that offensive Game is going for them They look unstoppable Like they did against a State. It's on the defensive side. Can they make some improvements? Lorenzo Neal leads that defensive front. He's a really, really good one to watch. I enjoy watching him play, and he should end up at the NFL. I could see him landing somewhere. Uh, Marcus Bailey returns as a senior, and he's that playmaking kind of linebackery type. Uh, but can they defend the pass? Again, there's a lot to like about the Boilermakers. I think they probably finish similar to how they did last year, around that 5, 6, 7 win mark. But they've actually got a tougher schedule. I could see them playing better and finishing with a similar record, so they should be fun to watch, and I'll keep an eye on them. I don't know if they're going to become the uh, Aaron Kemp favourite team as they were of 2018. Maybe I'll go in a different direction this year. I'll have to find you someone new. I'll have to find me someone. New. I can
1: bag you about.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, they were, they they came good last year. Sort of. They had their moment. They had. They their did moment. have their moments, and I'm certainly okay with that. that. Uh, you also mentioned Illinois with Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith's got to get that defense sorted because they were horrific last year against the pass. Uh, you know, and, and and he's a guy who's supposed to be a defensive guru. He's supposed to be a guy that runs that Tampa two defense that was unstoppable. Chicago's part of that Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, uh, Super Bowl win, but that defense is really really struggling, and they finished in the bottom you know, five or six or bottom 10 of the, of the the in, in the country. They do return a whole stack of, of starters, though. And we talked last year about how young they were. They haven't actually got any... I mean, they've got older, but they're still returning a lot of younger guys. Uh, and offensively, I think they look potentially quite good. So I'm interested to see. I think Illinois, again, will get better. Uh, so, yeah, I don't disagree with any of those things. Minnesota should be good again. Um, And it will be an interest... I think the West actually provides far more interest than the East this year. Yeah, so that's that's fairly well it. That's the Big Ten. That is the Big Ten. Okay, Aussies involved in the Big Ten. There are a few. Um, Daniel Farlele returns as a sophomore to Minnesota. Now, he started the final eight games at right tackle for the Golden Gophers. So, he'll slot back into that position. He is the biggest guy in college football. Blake Hayes is a highly touted redshirt junior this year. Um, for Illinois, and he'll be the punter. He is on watch lists this year. Michael Sleep Dalton transfers up to Iowa from Arizona State uh, for his final year. Jack Boomester is a freshman at Michigan State this year, so some new blood into the conference. He is a young guy from Bendigo. Uh, hopefully he can uh, take hold there of the Michigan State punting job. Jaden Whitehead returns to Indiana. Adam Corsack who jumps onto a Ray Guy watch list, Uh, and broke the school record for the longest punt last year at Rutgers. Uh, We'll be looking to kind of take that next step, along with Hayden Whitehead at Indiana, into the kind of upper echelon of punting consistently this season. So those six guys will be representing not only their schools, but certainly their country as well this year in the Big Ten.
1: It's good to see that we've got a good representation in the Big Ten because it is quite far removed from uh australia you're you're really talking more east coast or eastern central uh u.s which is not really aligned to where aussies tend to travel i mean we're, we're very much west coast texas yeah th- those are kind of our gateways in so the fact that we are kind of reaching out there into the colder states is yeah. good to say
0: happy with that okay what is the big question then for you about the big 10 wheel what's the big Issue that you're going to be following the story on that you're going to follow? Uh,
1: for me, it's Michigan and whether they're able to get over the hump. So it's Jim Harbour and this being their year. Yes, they don't have it on the defensive side, but they're all set up offensively, number one offensive line, returning former five star quarterback who's had a couple of years in the system now, and the receiving prowess that they've got. It's for me, can they get it done? Can they beat Ohio State? Can they be the ones to make the push for the Big Ten in the National Championship?
0: Okay, I was going to say something extremely similar. Um, My big storyline is can Purdue take the next step, obviously. (laughs) and No, but I am interested to follow Michigan's offense. We saw Shea Patterson do a really, really good job last year on design rollouts when he's on the move, in the shotgun especially. But is he... Are they going to stick with that? Are they going to stick with this spread out look? Too often they went conservative or got nervous when things weren't going their way and then you see them trot out their two tight ends and their fullback and their running back and they put Shea Patterson under center again. Do they have the patience with him? Do they have the confidence in their system to maintain that spread out look and do what's best for Shea Patterson and his amazing and outstanding playmaking ability? Because if their little backsides start puckering, uh, I think they will go back to the conservative smash mouth style, which is not the best for Michigan football at the moment. Okay,
1: all eyes on Michigan for us. All eyes on Michigan.
0: All right, now you are everything, Mac. Will, so hit me. Who's the best team? Who's going to win? I feel Talk bad. Let, I feel let me bad. Know. We're,
1: we're not giving enough time for our group of five. I mean, we are really up against it again. So we're going to have to fly through this one. Uh, the MAC is probably a really, like, a, it's, it's even a second run group of five school, I would say. They don't get a lot of recognition. Uh, there's, there's not the high profile teams within them, I would say. They're not often putting in top 25 ranked programs. Uh, there's a few, so Northern Illinois won the uh, conference last year in a, a really interesting game.
0: And they went to the Orange Bowl a few years ago. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, so, so it...
1: they're, they're the team that's kind of around there that has been. Uh, Western Michigan have kind of flashed at times yep. uh, in there, but the, it's not, not the same as a few of the others. What I think was probably disappointing to see last year, Northern Illinois uh, played Buffalo in a championship game. Guess how many people they had at that championship game played in uh, Ford Field, Detroit?
0: Uh, not enough. 10,000. Yeah, I was going to say 15.
1: 10,000 is all yeah. that they had there. So that's, I don't know if that's a traveling factor or, or what plays into that, but that seems like a really low number uh, for what you would expect for a, a, a conference, championship, conference game. championship game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, another interesting fact I'll, I'll throw at you looking into this is that the conference has not had back-to-back conference champions since the 2011-12 season. Well, there you go. So that's going back some time where they've done it. And they've had four different programs that have won it over the last four years. So there is no real powerful team that is kind of perched at the top here. We are seeing a a bit move around. And I think it's tied to the coaching a little bit. We're seeing some good coaches come in and go. go. (laughs) It's a bit of that platform for bigger and better things uh buffalo had a good year last year they had tyree jackson who they lost to the nfl they had standout receiver anthony johnson who's also gone on to the nfl so i expect them to kind of regress a little bit but they're still going they've still got a very good running back unit they're still probably got the top offensive line in the uh in the conference so it's it's an it's an open conference Anyone can win this. For, for mine, I really like Ohio's chances this year. They've got the top quarterback in Nathan Rourke. I think he's going to be the man to put up the, the big numbers in this conference and guide his team there. So Jason Candle at Toledo has done good things. They're going to be around the mark in the West. They're, they're probably uh, the team that I would pick to come out of the West. But for mine, it's Ohio in the MAC. Okay. Uh But, yeah, there's
0: unpredictability around the place. Look at you just crushing it on the Mac knowledge. I'm really, really impressed. So, well done. I think the other one probably to keep a lookout for is, and I should have known this one, Jim McElwain, the former Florida Gators head coach, moves across to Central Michigan, uh, a team that went 1-11 last year. And like you said, with that flip-floppiness of the conference they could end up going i don't know eight and four or something probably
1: oh man they could potentially go 11 and one (laughs) in all seriousness they they were disappointed but that was a bit of an aberration for them like they what won the conference the year before that yeah so they won it in 2016 uh so two years ago and then have kind of really dropped off bottomed out got a new head coach the I don't know what they're looking like in terms of returning starters and stuff, but I would expect a quick turnaround with a highly credentialed coach coming in like that.
0: Okay, so it looks like Northern Illinois for you? No, Ohio for me. Sorry, Ohio for you. Yeah, with yep. their high power. You don't, you don't double that's...
1: up in this. You, you don't go back to back in this Okay, sorry, sorry,
0: mate. Uh, okay, so uh, some, hopefully some reasonable football in the MAC coming up. All right, next week. That brings us to the end of this episode, I suppose. We are just about done. Uh, Next week, we will head to the SEC, I suppose. We head south from Big Ten country uh, and we'll have a look at another group of five school, whether that is the AAC, possibly next week as well, um, before we head to the ACC. And the very East Coast to finish our road trip. Uh, Now, just to pump us up a little bit, please make sure that you do tell your friends about us, let uh, your mates know, your family, your friends, so that we can really get the name out there this year. We're looking forward to getting some more stuff on board this year around some interviews, having a chat to a few guys over in America that are representing Australia, particularly in the punting game. Uh, make sure you do hit us up on Twitter and on Instagram at CFBDownUnder. If you've got any questions, queries, or otherwise, leave us some feedback. That would be fantastic. Unless you've got anything, Will. I think that's it, buddy. You're done. Lumberjacking needs to be done. Doesn't wait for anyone. Correct. I've got some trees to fell. <laughs> right, mate. My name is Aaron. That is Will, and we will see you next time. Uh-huh.